Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. First reading this morning is from Jeremiah, chapter 18, verses 1 through 11. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you a message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, Can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, So are you in my hand, Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, and if that nation I warned represents of its evil, or repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at any time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up, and planted, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good and I had intended to do for it. Now therefore, says to, the, says to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says, look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. The second reading is from Psalm 139, verses 1 through 6 and 13 through 18. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too too lofty for me to attain. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the deep depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How, vi- how vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they were outnumbered 
the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. Jeremiah and the potter's house. Hmm. I'm going to encourage you to have your bulletins handy. Uh, In your bulletins, you will find scripture passages. You will find questions to reflect on throughout the week, as well as those little spaces that you can take notes. So when when the Spirit speaks to you this morning, you may truly write those down so that you can remember them. Uh, And for those of you worshiping with us at home, if you have not printed your bulletin, if you've got some notepad or something that you can have next to you so that you can jot down those notes, that would be wonderful so that you can remember those. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, I thank you for uh, an opportunity to hear your message. As God, I ask that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but they would be your words, your words for your people. All this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So, some of the best artists we know live under the same roof as ourselves. You probably remember them. The media which, which they usually use dra- uh, varies drastically. I mean, it, it could be watercolors, popsicle sticks, crayons, straws, maybe even Play-Doh. Remember Play-Doh? How many of you had to clean Play-Doh out of carpets? Yeah, you almost just want to peel the carpet up and start over. You see, all these different mediums, I mean, they're, they're beautiful artworks that come, but one thing remains constant. The last work of art is the best thing that we've ever seen, right? I've got some artwork that I want to show you here this morning, and this is one of my favorite artists. So, Paul, if you would show that artwork. Yeah. Now, you're going to have to tell her because she's not here this morning, uh, but this is Aisha. This is Aisha's artwork, uh, and it is just beautiful. Watercolors, colored pencils, crayons, uh, all kinds of things. She hasn't made me anything out of Play-Doh yet, but you never know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But that, that's some of the best artwork, but I really have one that I really want to show you. It's my favorite, and so it's this one here. There. Uh, That is Aisha on the left, and that is me on the right. (laughs) One of the the best pieces of artwork I have seen. And as I said, it's one of those things where, where the last one is the best. It just keeps coming. There are many artists that we know throughout the world for their great accomplishments. Michelangelo for his statue of marble portraying David. Gutzon Borglum. Anybody know who that is? All right. I'm going to teach you something today. The nearly and his nearly impossible feat of carving four faces in granite that we call Mount Rushmore. Uh, How about Stephen Savastre? And his work with steel in his architectural masterpiece that we know as the Eiffel Tower. I mean, they're they're all well-known artists, all celebrities in their own right, all masters of their art and their medium. But our passage today from Jeremiah, we find an artist. Although not as well-known, not as famous, but important 
in their own right. You see, we find many stories about the potter and the clay that he or she works with. Why are there so many stories of potters throughout Scripture? Why such, an image, why such imagery from this worker or this particular trade? I believe it is because there is so much to learn about what happens in the creative mind of these artists. The potter is a practical artist. People need things to drink from, to eat from, to cook things in, even just to bring water from a well. And today we use pottery for many, many other purposes. But the fact remains that from biblical times, pottery was a necessity. And so the potter was a very important person to have. They would create all of these cups and bowls and pitchers and and plates that people would use on a daily basis. But the potter also had a creative side. Why make just a, a plain old cup or a plain old bowl when you could add color and different shapes and sizes, the differences where the creative nature is allowed to be expressed? So let's take all this talk about the beauty and creative nature of this trade and let's just put it off to the side for a moment. Let's look at the basic work that a potter does. Let's do as God asked Jeremiah to do in our scripture today. Remember the passage that says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. I have a message for you down at the potter's house. Go down to that house, and there Jeremiah would hear the word of God. Go do something as normal as watching someone work. And it was here that he heard the voice of God telling him what he needed to proclaim to Israel. But notice that the word comes to him while he is watching the potter, watching what the potter was doing. And the word coincides with the action that he is actually watching, the potter and his work with the clay. I guess we could say that that's kind of like finding the sacred in the secular that I keep talking about so many times, especially in my field journals, of of finding those things in our normal life that have this sacred meaning behind them where God speaks in those moments. You see, Jeremiah was tuned in to God and was therefore able to hear what God had to say. Are you tuned in to God? So much so that you can hear him speaking through your normal, everyday life? Are you paying enough attention that when you're, say, shopping at the grocery store, you hear God speak to you in the displays of beautiful red apples, luscious peaches, and then you notice that weird-looking fruit that bears the name ugly fruit? (laughs) Has anybody eaten an ugly fruit? Oh, somebody. All right. Good. I'm going to have to ask you afterwards what it was like. I have no idea what to do with an ugly fruit. So are you listening closely that when you witness love and friendship at a local high school football game, you understand it to be the love of God manifested in people's lives? Are you as tuned in as Jeremiah was when he watched the potter and the clay? Well, Jeremiah was really tuned in because before he heard God's voice, he noticed something about the potter and his working with that clay. 
He noticed, you see, that the potter would, would create something out of a lump of clay, but that sometimes what he created was not exactly what he envisioned. And so he started over again. Other times he would get, get a piece just about right, only to find a flaw in the clay, which would actually weaken the clay when it was fired, and it would never hold up to the use that it would get. Maybe the clay was, was too dry. Maybe the clay was not the right consistency. Maybe as he worked with it, the clay began to break down so many things that could go wrong with the material, not the potter. But when these things would arise, the potter would would break whatever he was working on down and start all over again. He would use the same lump of clay, working it over and over again in order to make it into something useful, something beautiful. I thank God that there are a lot of similarities between the potter and God. God had the same desire to create something out of nothing, actually out of dirt and clay. And he continues to create and to recreate and continue to work with all of us. Like the clay, we sometimes get hard, a little watered down. Maybe, maybe we break down. Sin enters our life and we fall to the imperfection that are exemplified in the clay. As I said, I thank God that he continues to work with us, even if we need to be broken down and given a fresh start. God doesn't throw the clay away. He doesn't throw us away. He continues on with us, constantly reworking us into something beautiful. Please notice this. The focus is not supposed to be on God's power and control. The focus should really be put on God's initiating work, creativity, patience, and response to our decisions, good or bad. Romans 8.28 reminds us that God works all things for the good of those who love him. God continues to use the same clay over and over again. He doesn't throw us away for the next generation clay, which might be stronger, more flexible, or maybe even brightly colored, He uses the same clay that is our life, and he reworks us, using all things to reshape us into the person that God has called us to be. God's hand is always on us. He is always in control of our lives, shaping us into his desire for us. Now, I know that this may sound a little controlling to some of you. It kind of sounds like a, a puppeteer holding the strings, making us do things that we may not want to do. It may actually even sound like this overbearing parent that forces all of those activities on us or a boss who continually micromanages us until it drives us crazy. But this is different. And I think we all need to get this if we are to understand God as the potter. God is not using immense pressure pushing and prodding us into a shape that we don't want to become. God is not reshaping us in an oppressive manner. Here's what I want you to hear this morning. God is shaping. God is guiding. Even disciplining us in love. God is gentle and caring, loving us 
into his will for us. God loves you. God loves each and every one of you. His desire is so great for you. We need to understand that God's desire for us is far greater than our own desires, than our own plans. We just need to be guided and shaped and carved into the masterpiece that we are destined to be. Only when we allow the hands of the master to work with us will we ever become all that we can be. It's up to us. We can choose to listen. We can choose to be shaped and molded by God, or we can reject him. We can become dried-up old Play-Doh, unable to be formed into anything useful or beautiful. But know this, with you or without you, God's will will be done. God's plan for all of us as a whole will continue until completion where we will all see the recreation of the world. Depends on where we'll be at that moment. So we need to get on board to make the right decisions, to follow Jesus Christ and do all we can to make disciples for Jesus and transform the world. But I think we need to notice something in the second half of our scripture reading today. You see, Jeremiah is bringing harsh words of judgment to the people of Israel. He's telling them to repent, run from their ways, their sinful ways, and accept God's promises. Live like they should. So much has been questioned about God changing his mind, and much of that coming from maybe another story that we remember, you know, Jonah and the big fish. God tells Jonah to proclaim destruction to the town of Nineveh, but no repentance, no forgiveness, just judgment and death all the way around. But the people of Nineveh do the unthinkable. They repent, even though God never asked them to. And Jonah is shocked and perplexed, and and to make matters worse, God forgives them and decides not to destroy them. He changes his mind, and now, here in Israel, God is willing to forgive and to relent if the Israelites repent and turn from their ways. It doesn't stop there either. Verses 7 through 10, uh, Jeremiah moves from Israel to all the nations, in effect, the rest of the world, and this includes all of us. But this changing of God's mind can work both ways. If we reject God's word, if we decide that we know better and live the way we want to, God can change from prosperity to destruction. Just like if we choose repentance for our wrongdoings and live the way that God calls, we move from destruction to prosperity. Now this prosperity is not a universal guarantee, but it's always available. It all depends on our actions, on our hearts. Judgment awaits development. There is always an opportunity to ask for forgiveness, and God will forgive. Our future is wide open. We hold the options in our hands. We can choose Christ, or we can reject him. We can maintain our workable Play-Doh state 
or we can dry up, crack, and never be useful again. What is our choice? What is your choice this morning? So as we think about our response to that, let us return to the, prot, to the potter, and let me close with this thought. Jeremiah visits the potter who creates things out of clay, basically dirt from the earth, but we see in Genesis the very first potter, God himself. Genesis 2, verse 7, Then the Lord God formed the man out of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. Humanity became living. God took dust, dirt and clay from the ground, formed it into a human being, and gave it life. From that date, God has been continually shaping and reshaping us into the person that we are becoming. You see, we are important in God's eyes, so much so that he reached out and created us with his touch. With his touch. Think about this. All things were created. How were all things created? By the word of God. God spoke, let there be light, let dry land appear, let vegetation grow, let the earth bring forth living creatures. God spoke, and they were created. But then, it came to us, human beings, and he didn't just speak. We were formed. But you see, he reached out and he took dirt and clay from the earth and with his hands formed us. We are the only creation which God touched to create. He loves us that much. He loves you that much. Never thought of that? It's kind of one of those pieces that that maybe we just overlook. But the psalmist knew this as he wrote, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows them so well. Brothers and sisters, we are fearfully and wonderfully made by our Creator, touched with His divine hands, molded, shaped, and reshaped into something beautiful. As the potter works the clay into a wonderful goblet or bowl or plate, God is forming us into his design for us. Let me end with a, uh, a quote from one of the apostolic fathers, one of the early church fathers, uh, Irenaeus, uh, who wrote this. It is not you who shape God. It is God that shapes you. If then you are the work of God, await the hand of the artist who does all things in due season. Offer the potter your heart, soft and tractable, and keep the form in which the artist has fashioned you. Let your clay be moist, lest you grow hard and lose the imprint of the, the potter's fingers." Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, 
We hear this message of the potter and how the potter forms and reforms all of these different pieces. And when something happens, the the potter doesn't just give up on the clay, but, but reworks it and fashions it back into his design. God, I thank you that we are like the clay and that you are the potter and that that as we fail, as we sin, as we step away from you, God, that you don't give up on us, that you continue to reach out and reshape and remold, and you do that with loving hands. God, bring us to that place of full design, that perfect mission that you have for each and every one of us. Allow us to truly follow your guidance. God, all this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We have all been fed the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ at this wonderful table. And so I encourage you to stand as you're able and join uh, in a hymn that that some of you may know really well, some of you may not. Uh, It's a beautiful song called The Summons, and it's a response to, to God's call on our life as he continues to shape and reshape us, that our response is that, yes, we will go and we will follow you. as we responded in that last verse. Because it's always God saying, hey, if I ask of all of this, will you do this? And finally, our response that yes, your call echoes true within us. And that whatever you ask, God, we will be shaped and reshaped and formed into your desire for us. Like that wonderful lump of clay, we can become useful in God's kingdom. And so now go, knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you, and it goes with you always. Amen.